There's a line in every city that separates the rich from the poor, the strong from the weak, the haves from the have-nots. It's a street, the train tracks, a river, a sidewalk. It's time to cross the line. Serve the City is a global movement of volunteers showing kindness in personal ways to people in need. We are the connection between the good intentions and talents of people who could volunteer and a meaningful opportunity to get involved. Serve the City is for everyone. It's a revolution, a serving revolution. And it's going to change the world. Cross the line. Serve the City. Welcome to Serving Stories, a podcast by Serve the City. Hi, I'm your host, Ani Deal. This is our second episode in a series of three focusing on our value of humility, this time in southern New Jersey and Detroit, Michigan, both in the U.S. The people you are shortly about to hear are short people. They are short because that is actually their last name. But they're also short because, well, because they are still kids. Hi, my name is Jaden. I am 10, and I am in fourth grade. Hi, my name is Sayla. I am nine years old, and I am in fourth grade. Jaden and Sayla Short are a brother and sister who live in Medford, New Jersey, on the east coast of the United States. This interview was recorded in February 2020 and was the inspiration for investigating further how short people might be making a difference in the world. Jaden expressed why he thought it was worthwhile for kids to volunteer. I think it's like good for them because if it's like young kids, like five or four, it like telling it's like to them like, oh, this feels good. Like they won't go like oh, this is so boring and I'm just going to play on my phone all day. They're, like, actually get outside, help people. Like, even making just a sandwich for one person feels good. It feels good to me because, like, the people make them happy and, like, I can make a sandwich for myself and them and we can make conversation and, like, we can learn about each other. We wondered, which did Jaden think was more important? The sandwich or the conversation? I think it's more of the conversation because, like, we can still serve them, but we can, like, we should know the person we're serving because if we don't, we're serving a total stranger. So after we serve them, we should serve ourselves and we should have conversation. Jaden also thought that volunteering was a good way for kids to make friends with each other as well as the people they were serving. Um, yeah, volunteering is, for kids, is much better than just playing on the Xbox all day, and, like, like, you get to know other kids who volunteer than the kids online that you have no idea about, except that they like the game that you play on the Xbox, and, like, you don't get to know them, but if you, you and the... Um, the person you play with on your Xbox and you get to, like, volunteer together, you get to work together, you get to know each other, you get to know the person you're serving for. His sister, Sayla, also told us about some ways that she engages in volunteering. Yes, um, I've been doing some projects. I've been helping elderly and um, giving out some foods. So most of the time when I'm helping Elodie's, I go to like this special building where they stay and I'll just like pray for them, help them. I'll look around what they stay with. I'll clean up stuff there to help the people who work there. We wondered, was there one special elderly that Sailor remembered? Yes, I met this one girl who every time I'll give her something or she'll ask right after, she'll smile and she'll be like, thank you, um, or give me a compliment. And most people, they'll just, like, when I invite, when I give it to them, I'll ask, is that everything? They'll be like, no. And then they'll just stick into their food. And this one girl, she felt like I could actually um, enjoy doing this stuff, and I'm safe near her. Sayla also described what kind of attitude should motivate volunteering. You should actually try and try not to care about yourself. 
because um, I know a bunch of kids in my school who just care about themselves. If they see something going on, they don't bother about it. They'll just walk away. Or sometimes, like, if a bully is bullying another kid, other people will join the group. There's barely any people in my school who um, stand up for the person. Instead, they just join the group which I feel like is very rude. When you serve for other people, it's like standing up for other people. Trying not to care about yourself, standing up for other people. The attitude Sela is talking about is one of humility, the serve the city value we are focusing on today. Volunteering can seem like an adult activity. Volunteer organizers can easily say, don't want no short people here. But after talking to Jaden and Sela last year, we thought we would see what some short people could learn and also what they could teach us tall people about humility in volunteering. So we set up some conversations with some of our Serve the City leaders in the U.S., leaders who were also parents and who included kids in their program. And the first place we went was right back to Serve the City, South Jersey, to talk to the Short family. My name is Paul Short. I'm Trisha Short. And we are parents of Hannah, Jaden, and Sayla Short. And we've had the privilege of being uh, co-city leaders in Serve the City, South Jersey since summer of 2018. We were intentional about including three different couples for the core team. And of course, the children came along. And amongst the three couples, we have seven children, all under the age of uh, 14. And and uh, with with our projects and events year round, they just come with us. And so they're picking up trash with us. They're handing out orange juice with us. They are setting up shade tents with us. And it's just a natural part of the Serve the City culture. Trisha told us that their very first experience of family volunteering with Serve the City was at the urging of one of their kids. And it wasn't in their hometown or even their country. For me as a mom, it's there's nothing better than seeing your child wanting to help another person and, and thinking outside of themselves to see the greater need in somebody else. And um, when we took our, at the time, 12-year-old to Brussels, I was completely humbled by her willingness to just do all these crazy adventures in a foreign country. She had actually asked us if she could go, and, and that was the impetus of us going, was her asking. She wanted to volunteer. Um, at 11 years old, she asked if she could go to you know Europe to volunteer. So who wouldn't be proud of that? That 11-year-old, Hannah, is now 14 and the tallest of the three short kids. I convinced my parents to take me with them to the uh, Bing Volunteer Week. So I was there for 10 days in Belgium and volunteering and getting to know the Serve the City family. And that was my first experience with Serve the City. I worked a lot with painting. I painted um, a lot of refugees' homes. And one day I served lunch for homeless um, men and women. And I also, I really enjoyed every morning I would um, make cards for people that we would see like out on route and about on our way to our project. So I really enjoyed that. All of this just made Hannah super excited to start Serve the City in her hometown. I loved it. I was really excited to start something in my home. To be able to start Serve the City here in South Jersey, to me, was just like an amazing idea because there's so much need in this area and to get people to be able to come together and volunteer. So I was really excited when my dad said, we're going to start one. We asked her, what kinds of needs are there in South Jersey? Well, in South Jersey, there are needs like, um, I know there's a lot of migrant workers around here. Like I know in my school, there's definitely like one or two students that are, I know, migrant workers. So that's something big around here with all the blueberry plantations and stuff we have. And there's a lot of foster families that we have worked with and a lot of elderly homes. But everyone has a need in any way. And the very first project that Serve the City South Jersey did was to serve some other children in other families. Michelle Murdoch, another member of the South Jersey core team, told us about this special partnership. One of our very first partnerships formed um, with an organization that serves foster families in our area. And all of us had a heart for serving displaced children. And the organization we partnered with understands that Foster children are not alone or should not be alone, and that the families who are wrapping their hearts and their homes around kids coming into their, their home have needs, immediate needs within the first 24 to 48 hours of a child um, coming to them. And so this organization 
provides essential items to them, toiletries, a pair of clothing, uh, sock shoes, comfort items, a home cooked meal. So when we partnered with them, we thought, how could we help serve this family? So we've made meals that are then frozen um, and they can distribute to families over you know, a couple weeks time. And we've collected baby clothes and children's clothes and pajamas. A few people on the team went around to the houses that they said, I am leaving clothes outside my house. And they picked up those clothes and then we brought them to our friend's house where it was our hub for the day. And we organized the clothes and we made cards for the care baskets and then we had we uh, one of our main core members works at Trader Joe's, so he ran a drive there, and people would donate food, and we used that food to make enchiladas and chili and lasagna for Foster the family. So there's people in the kitchen, there's people in the living room folding clothes, and I remember just it was like so much fun. Like we were playing around in the kitchen, everyone was laughing and dancing, and being able to help people. I just I love that feeling and stuff. So we've been able to serve foster families in that way. And that's great too, when the kids are involved because for them, they're helping their peers. Paul Short loved the opportunity this project and others gave his kids to see another reality outside their own. Yeah, um, I think for, for me, it teaches the importance of perspective and position. It gives my children a fuller scope of of life. You know, one example I have is when we were doing the Foster the Family project, um, explaining to them that, you know, not every child has a home, not every child has a bed to go to. Um, I, I enjoyed doing that and, and letting them see it from a different perspective. Michelle Murdoch is also grateful to involve her two kids, Madeline and Ewan, in serving others because of what she sees it teaching them. There's so many benefits that I see my children um, gaining from serving their community and so many that I hope they continue to gain throughout their life. To me, these moments, I, I see in them this this. Um, presence in the moment where they're having fun with their friends and they're meeting new people and they're doing activities and they may not fully ingest the greater meaning of what it is that they're participating in, but they're gaining people skills and they're communicating and they're learning how to meet people who are not always in their immediate circle. It was fun to meet Michelle's daughter, Madeline, and find out some of the projects she had participated in. My name is Madeline and I'm 11, and I'm in sixth grade. Um, my favorite project was when we went to the senior center and we did chalk and colorful, like, happy quotes on the ground to make the people who live there happy. We, in the middle of Medford, there's this, like, garden, and we used to, like, clean up weeds there. And we went to Virginia to feed homeless people, like pancakes. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you it's, have a favorite part of that project? Um, I met someone who just named Curtis, and that's my middle name. So you really like doing the chalk, but serving people food is really fun. Virginia seems like a long way to go from New Jersey just to feed homeless people pancakes. But this was a project that different city teams did together when they gathered in Virginia for the annual U.S. Serve the City Forum, a project in which kids played a really big part. Jaden remembered this project fondly as well. I was a waiter, um, just going around the place, helping a little with the eggs and bacon and pancakes. We set up tables. Like, we gave, asked for orders. They would say, like, blueberry pancakes, eggs, bacon. We had a bunch of eggs, a bunch of pancake mix, and we made pancakes. We had orange juice. We had apple juice, milk, water, and it was a lot. It was wonderful to see our kids jump in to serve breakfast to strangers and do it fearlessly. 
um, because that can be intimidating, but they were having so much fun and they were making friends with people and they were, you know, sharing a meal with people they'd never met before who were adults and for kids that can be so intimidating, but they were enjoying themselves. And really I spent most of that morning making eggs and sausage in the kitchen, but they were driving the process. The adults weren't driving the process. They were, and I was so proud of them because um, that's just what we hope to see, that agency and that autonomy in our children. Like Michelle, Trisha Short sees serving as a key path to her kids' development as people. I would say um, it, it teaches them how to be flexible and adjustable and adaptable, um, that things aren't going to always go according to plan or what they want or need. And, um, you know, when we were in Belgium and, and Hannah and I, every single day for the first five days, we were four days, we were painting <laughs> different locations. And, you know, she had this ideal that we were going to be coming and playing with kids and, you know, things like that. And here we are painting in really hot conditions and buildings. But, um, but, you know, by the end of it, we had fun. You know, she, she learned that not everything goes according to your plan and how to be flexible in that. And, you know, as a teenager, that's a hard lesson to learn, but a good lesson to learn. <laughs> Teach your children well. And I think the beauty of Serve the City is that it's a uh, low-hanging fruit for being unselfish and being filled with humility and preferring others and seeing others as humans who have a different story than yours. I'm hoping that they carry forth this understanding into their adult life that being a part of your community and serving your community as a dignified equal member of your community, that that's just life. That's how we strive and, and thrive together as a community, that we do this together. The South Jersey team are not the only Serve the City leaders taking their own children into serving together. In Detroit, Michigan, a gritty, rusty urban center, about as different from the bucolic blueberry bogs of New Jersey as you can get, a brand new city leader is forging ahead to develop volunteering in her city. Yeah, hi, I'm Kim Abelidin, and I just started leading Serve the City Detroit in March of 2020, and we are really excited about starting that. We're just trying to kind of find our niche and find our um, nonprofits that we're connecting with, but Detroit has a big need of people living below the poverty line. So I think there's just lots of opportunity with that to come and help meet those needs. I'm married to my husband, Andy. We've been married 15 years and we have six kids. Six kids. We asked Kim to introduce them all to us. Catherine is our oldest and she's 14. And then we have Liam and Owen who are twins and they're 10. They're going to be 11. And then Emma is six. And then Ezra, he is four, and then Sam is the baby, and he is two. Since Kim just started a year ago, we asked her about how she involved her kids as she got going. So just trying any way that I can find possible to help them serve, I want to include them. Because I just think having that mindset for them at a young age is really going to be life-changing. And I think it helps empower them to really um, have their voice heard in a way of how can I help others? And if we're listening as a community and even like I serve the city of Detroit, they're a part of our community. So we want to hear what they want to do as well and what they think and what's important to them in serving others. The kinds of projects Kim has done with her kids have had to be creative because of the rather difficult time in which Serve the City Detroit started. March 2020. So when we first started, it was in March, which was in the middle of a pandemic that just started. So there was no way we could really um, go to nonprofits or different organizations and serve at that point because everything was in lockdown. So one of the things we started with was actually serving with our kids. And we decided to make cards for the elderly or people who were shut in. And that was a great first serve for us because it, we were able to 
involve them and they were really excited about joining us in that. Okay. Um, um, What's your name? My name is Ezra. How old are you? Four. What was your favorite serving thing we did? Um, making cards with all people. <laughs> what did you like about doing that? Because it's fun. So they've all been able to do things, and our oldest, she's been able to serve um, coming and helping. We did uh, something called Boxes of Love for Thanksgiving. So my 14-year-old, she just has such a kind heart. It's been fun having her come with us and see her serve and just her willingness and excitement about it. Hi, my name is Catherine. I'm 13 years old. I have to say my favorite serve project was Boxes of Love. That's where we give families in need a Thanksgiving dinner. And she came and helped us deliver the boxes to the families. They would come and drive up and she'd help put them in their trunk and that was a great experience for her because even um, we were serving um, in a lower income area and she was actually able to make friends with some of the families who were there as well who were helping. I love helping people and seeing the joy on their face brings joy to my face. I, I just really love people and it's great when I get to help them. We baked cookies. Um, for people who are in need they helped when we did a we did the food drive this year they were helping putting the boxes together i'm liam i'm 10 years old my favorite thing about serve the city is giving people food and clothes i i like that because i can help people in need who need food and clothes because i care about them I think if we show our kids that we all have needs, um, having this idea of humility, that can really help them understand as they grow up and become leaders to be these servant leaders. And um, that servant leaders are people who put other people in front of themselves or their needs, other people's needs in front of themselves. They're not always just thinking about themselves. They're thinking about serving and helping others. 10-year-old Liam seems to be getting the picture of what it means to consider the needs of other people. Do you have any other favorite serving things we did this year? Yeah, make cards for the old people. And why do we make cards for the people? Were they? Because they were all alone during COVID and it was during quarantine. I think kids are, first of all, capable of more than we give them credit for. I think kids don't see things quite as black and white or not in terms of color, but see things this way or that way. You know what I mean? I think they see things and see people sometimes when we don't see people. I think exposing kids to different kinds of people and different environments is always good for them. And I think it teaches them to have empathy and love for others. And by serving them, definitely teaches them to love and be kind to others. Hi, my name is Emma, and I'm six, and I want to be a ballerina when I grow up. And um, I like singing Silent Night to the old people, caroling to them. One thing I really loved this past year that we were able to do is we were able to go sing Christmas carols for um, a senior home in Fire House. We weren't able to go to a big one, but it was it's a senior care home. And all of the residents there, they're about in their 80s or 90s, you know, and they're older and they hadn't gotten out much. They hadn't been able to see much family, but they brought them out to the back sunroom area and they had the door open so that they could hear and see everyone. And our kids came and they sang Christmas carols to them. And um, they sang to them and then they handed them cards. And I just, I loved seeing that. And my little four-year-old, he got up and sang, go tell it on the mountain. It was really fun to see him even in that moment, just stand up and sing his little heart out. And then just to see uh, the residents there of how much they lit up and loved that. Even starting off in this challenging year, it wasn't only her own kids that Kim Belegian involved serving. 
She is also helping to start Serve the City projects in schools. One of the things we did this year a couple times is that we kind of contacted my kids' teachers and we had all of the kids in their class. They made cards to go in those Thanksgiving boxes of loves. And I mean, that just makes a big difference to get that note. You know, if you're struggling family to get a note from a child saying happy Thanksgiving, we hope that you're having a great day or we love you or God loves you or different things like that, that were just encouraging notes, you know, I love seeing that this year and even our, to uh, get more than just my own kids, but kids uh, serving as well. Hi, my name is Owen and I'm 10 years old. My favorite thing about serving is we made cards at school with my friends. We put them in a Thanksgiving box and gave it to people who need food. I really enjoyed this because me and my friends all get to serve some people. And then next month, we already have started um, partnering with uh, um, the first grade class at my daughter's school. They're going to all make cards and the kids in our community. They're going to make cards for a nursing home for Valentine's Day to give. So we're just trying to think of even small things like that where they can jump in. During a pandemic, it makes it a little bit harder to create those actual physical opportunities. What are you looking forward to doing this year? A Valentine's card. Yeah, that'll be fun. Are you going to do it at school? Yeah, I'm going to do it at school. Awesome, and your whole class is going to make them? Yep. It's going to be great. And then then I get to come up on the room, on the the room by the teacher and tell them that about my mom. Six-year-old Emma is rightly proud of her mom, the Serve the City Detroit director. And Kim is equally enthusiastic about the power of kids as volunteers. One of the things I learned is that, I mean, everyone can serve, right? And we've said that before in Serve the City. But when you really think of that, I mean, all ages really have a place to come serve. And that means that they're just as important in some ways as I am coming to serve, right? And they can make a huge difference by their acts of kindness as well. And it can go a really long way, even in just small things that they do. So I think that's one of the things I've learned is just, I think one of the things I love about Serve the City is we empower people. And that means even empowering children to be able to serve and seeing that it can make a difference. There's a word I know when it starts with K. That word is kindness, hear me when I say. Back in Shemong, New Jersey, we met two more small members of the Serve the City South Jersey team. My name is Annabelle and I'm eight years old. My name is Samuel and I'm four years old. My favorite thing is when we do the chalk art. We can go in to visit the people at Brandywine, so we go out to still make them happy. Brandywine is the name of the retirement home where Sayla Short told us she visits her elderlies. Since COVID, the team has thought of a few creative ways to stay in touch with the people there, like chalk art and colorful parades by their windows. We draw some flowers, rainbows, um, a lot of different things. And we write encouraging words, hope, joy. I like the one we had that parade. I like the signs. I like to the people too. The people had smiles and they were waving too. It turns out that Annabelle and Samuel let their parents come along on these fun projects, too. So my name is Eric Vagan. My name is Lauren Vagan. And we're down here in South Jersey. We've been working with Serve the City since 2018. One of the ongoing projects the South Jersey core team has been organizing in their town is a monthly community dinner. This is not a soup kitchen or a food handout but a catered dinner where people of any kind can come to meet each other over a free meal hosted at the local church building. You know, we realize that there's 21 meals to eat each week. And, and I don't know that these, that a lot of the folks are missing meals per se, 
but man, are they longing for community and longing for a place to belong and, and meet some new friends and, and come back each month and see how people are doing. So it's, uh, it's much less about the meal, much more about the community. Even though they've had to adapt the project during COVID, they have not stopped. Hannah Short told us how they handle it. So we have to take the tables that are inside and bring them outside and setting up shade tents. And then we, once people start getting there for the dinner, we get it catered and we do it restaurant style. So everyone has their own menu and we ask them what they like. And then we bring the food from inside out to them. And we've also done nights uh, with like trivia and we normally sit down and talk to the people who have come. And then there's some people who also just come to pick up their food and then eat it at home. So like a drive-through. So we'll set up a drive-through with all of those people. And normally I play with the kids and do like chalk and beanbag games with them. So yeah, it's just a night for like community to come out and have a meal and have some fun together. Eric and Lauren Vagan see their kids as part of that community, playing a part in serving alongside their parents at events like community dinners. I would say that uh, serving alongside our kids or bringing our kids alongside to serve is just really important to us for instilling serving as a value, um, a lifestyle rather than like a hobby or a, you know, something that mom and dad are going to do and we'll see you later kind of thing. Um, when they get to be a part of it, um, it just shows them that like, this is what we do. This is what our family values. This is, this is life. And if you start from when you're four years old or eight years old, then uh, we hope that that's something that <clears throat> it becomes a value for them um, when they're independent and, and grown ups too. Annabelle's typically one of the drink girls at our catering to the community events. And so she takes her job very seriously and she often will train other people on how to take the drinks. And she knows what we have and what we don't have and how to go about it. So we asked Annabelle, what are some things she reminds others to do when she's training them to be a drink girl? You would have to have your mask on and you'd have to tell them all the things, all the drinks that we have. And oh, here's an important one that I think I see you do a lot is throughout the night, what you have to remind your workers of is to what go back and see if anybody needs a refill. A refill, right. (laughs) Even in organizing catering, the team is thinking about what would benefit people in the local community. So nearby uh, Shemong, where our church is, there's a lot of blueberry farms and different farms. And so you have migrant workers that will come in and we built a relationship with some of the folks that are there year round. Uh, One of them is first generation from Mexico. And uh, I like tacos, but I have never had tacos like what they were making. And and so they're part of our regular rotation. We uh, support them by giving them some funds uh, to make the food and they make the best Mexican food you'll ever have. Four-year-old Samuel has his own role to play at the community dinner. We asked what he did, and his dad explained how the small thing Samuel does has already made a difference. Do you remember when you, that, the one time when you played with Jason, the little boy Jason? Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you say that? Like, I, played with, I play with the kids? <laughs> I played with the kids. There's a dad who um, has some needs um, and he has a young son at home. And so uh, just to have a night out is is really good for him. Have his son play with some other people like Samuel has been good. One night that was really touching for me was when his wife was able to join. And they said this was the first time that they had been out together in months so we actually turned it into a little bit of a date night. And uh, man, did I, I get to- choked up thinking about it. But to provide mom and dad who are going through some tough stuff, uh, a date night out with some homemade Mexican food was pretty awesome. And what I am is Talking with the South Jersey Serve the City core team, it became clear that they thought of volunteering not just as an activity that was good for their families, but also for anybody's families. We wondered, how do they ensure kids are included in their planning? 
Well, as a leader, um, in regards to having our kids participate in the projects we design, I think that in large part, it's just a default setting because there, there are three families here in South Jersey who make up our core team and we all have kids. So we never once think of putting something together where we can't have them with us. I think you'll have a lot more success getting grownups to volunteer if you make opportunities for their kids to volunteer as well. Um, because people are strapped for time and people are strapped for, for family time. And so if you can um, offer opportunities for families to serve together, then they're not sacrificing you know, their family time uh, so that mom and dad can go do something and the kids have to stay home with a babysitter or whatever. And oftentimes where we find the need is greatest is with other families. So if we're going to be doing a project that serves families, couldn't we do one that includes everyone's family? And when we post our pictures or we share online about what it is that we're doing, our community, our local community sees our kids being involved in that. And all of our forms and our signups also talk about, you know, how many kids do you have? So when people register, they automatically see that they can bring their children. As the event coordinator, I'm often thinking about how is this scalable for people uh, of different ages or abilities. And so sometimes there might be different roles uh, at, a, at a community dinner. Um, there's different roles. Some can set up tables and chairs and some aren't there yet. I think that's important is that as you work with the city, you want to let them know, hey, what age appropriate you know, projects do you have for a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old? So one of the roles that Annabelle has at our uh, events is she is the greeter. And the, we have different wristbands for green and yellow and red. Green says, I'm good with high fives and fist bumps. Yellow says, I'm good with a wave. And, and red is like, I'm chilling over here by myself. <laughs> um, but... Quite frankly, I think people are more happy to see her cute face than my ugly mug as they're coming in and getting the wristband and stuff. You know, it goes back to, once again, one of our taglines. We know them by their needs. What if we knew them by their names? And so it's this idea of uh, <laughs> we know we have small children in our neighborhoods. Well, what would it look like to actually serve alongside them? Or what would it look like to actually bring them along um, to, to usher in transformation in our cities? We also asked... What would the team say to parents who felt nervous about bringing their children into volunteering? Let's see. For parents who are nervous, um, I would say that you can just start small with little things. Maybe you're not bringing your kids into uh, necessarily the inner city to feed the homeless or something. You might, but if that's not where you are, right. uh, you can have them write a note. You can have them uh, think of different ways to be involved. The, the idea is start them there at a level that's developmentally appropriate for them, something that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Trisha Short also had some thoughts about how allowing kids to encounter certain difficult situations could actually be beneficial as a child moves into adolescence. I think I would say to another parent, um, this is kind of my mentality, uh, Paul and I, um, that it's inevitable that sometime in their life, in their adolescent life, they're going to meet someone dangerous or they're going to see something dangerous on a screen or they're going to encounter something um, like that. So I would much rather be with them when they encounter it so that I can process it with them. We can talk through it. We can walk through it. We can say, this is the world we live in right now. So how can we be um, an answer to that? How can we help bring change to the danger and bring safety to it? Or how can we better make it better for them? 2020 brought a new danger into the world community, the global COVID pandemic. As with many other Serve the City teams, the restrictions and risks brought new challenges to the team as they designed family-friendly projects. Eric and Lauren Vagan told us what happened with Global Volunteer Day. <laughs> On our core team, we each have different responsibilities. And my responsibility is events, like Global Volunteer Day. So I had it all lined up. We had 10 partnerships. It was all going to happen. I mean, it was finally super prepared. And it all went out the window <laughs> with like two months to go. So the idea was 
you know, what, what do we have going for us? Well, we have social media, that's something, right? And there are some things that people can still be doing when the restrictions were so uh, restrictive. <laughs> um, and so rather than being able to gather people, rather than being able to send people to different places, I was just thinking about like, well, the idea is to inspire people to volunteer, to serve. So how else can we inspire people at this time? So, um, you know, we had a lot of little ideas and I guess that's, uh, I guess that's where the kindness bingo thought came from. Kindness bingo. Lauren's idea has become something of a viral phenomenon within the Serve the City movement. Cities all over the world have translated and adapted this little card to their culture and needs. Yeah, people keep asking about it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think it was that great. But, <laughs> but no, people did participate and uh, we tried to make sure there were different um, ideas on there. Trisha, Lauren, and Michelle told us about the remarkable power of the Kindness Bingo Day. Um, each square has a task or an idea of how to serve being take flowers to your neighbor, write encouraging notes and put them in mailboxes, um, send letters to people far away, you know, that you haven't talked to in a while. Um, I believe it was pay for somebody's groceries, pay for somebody's coffee, just simple things like that, that you could easily do as a family or as an individual. People are home. People have um, access to social media. They're on social media a lot, right, you know, at that time. Um, and so we can inspire people that way and we can bring people together to a common goal. Like the, the bingo idea was you could take this and do find, try to get a bingo with your family by doing these various, um, serving, um, ideas, volunteering ideas, or you could try to get a bingo with us as an organization. So that was <laughs> the best we could do to, uh, bring people together amidst the crazy, uh, crazy time. We put the, the bingo card up on our social media page. We challenged people to either print it out or just use their phone to mark it off, to share their pictures with us. And then we said, if anybody can fill out, you know, a line of bingo, we'll give them a prize. But if you fill out your whole card, you know, you'll, you'll get a t-shirt. And we did actually have two people fill out their whole card throughout the day. So many people from across the U.S. participated. We were able to bring people from you know, the Midwest and Texas and all these different places. And they, they cut outside. That was just, I was, a, you know, it was safe social distancing practice, you know, doing chalk in their neighborhood or picking up trash or leaving notes on their neighbor's porches. But I think it was something that just completely uplifted the entire group of people from wherever they were. Um, I think we were all starting to go a little crazy being in our stuck in our houses too. So it gave people a purpose for a day and um, some motivation to actually do things that maybe they often think of doing, but it's like, okay, that today's the day. Eight-year-old Annabelle had a terrific time doing kindness bingo too. Our kids had a great experience with that too. They participated in a lot of the bingos, but one of the most memorable for me, maybe you'll remember this too, is uh, we put on there to make a thank you card or something like that for their the mail carrier. And so the kids both did that. And what happened? Um, she was so happy. So we had them and she, so we saw her, but then, so I ran inside to find them, but then I couldn't find them. So then she was down the street. So I had to ride my bike to go. <laughs> she had to go deliver a package and I was just waiting. So she came back to her truck and she's like, Oh, hello. <laughs> And then what happened uh, the next day after you gave her her thank you notes, her, her notes of encouragement? Do you remember what happened the next day? She sent a letter to us. Mm -hmm. That was not the only highlight of Annabelle's kindness bingo day. What did you do with Miss Michelle and Madeline <clears throat> around the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. We took little flowers and we put them on everybody's porches and with a little note um, with an encouraging sentence. So we, we didn't even knock on the door. We just left it on the porch. And then a few days later, someone posted something on Facebook and said, I found a 
um, pot of flowers at my doorstep. Thank you for whoever gave them to me. He said, how did you know we needed something like that today? Michelle and Madeline also told us about a new project idea that arose from that day. It led to the kids actually forming an idea for themselves. Do you remember when we went to ice cream? Yeah. What did We were at ice cream and what did you guys do? Uh, we came up, well, actually, we went around and cleaned up all the trash. And then we came up with the idea of Nature Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where we get a group of people to like help with nature around and cleaning, cleaning up yeah. the environment and doing things for the environment. But we, we discussed with them the idea that we could do a bingo card and make that virtual for people as well. So that's wow. something that the kids want to work on as the weather gets nicer um, through the spring, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, wait, you guys called it a club though, didn't you? Yes. Um, it was me and one of my friends. She's eight, I think. Yeah. Annabelle. Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the parking lot and we were thinking um, of how to get other people to do this too. Did you catch that? The friend Madeline had the idea with was Annabelle. As community is built through volunteering, kids also find that one of the big things they gain is a new group of friends, even an extended family. When we asked little Samuel what he liked best about Serve the City, this is what he said. Um, seeing all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie and you and Jaden and Sayla. Emily, Jay. You have a lot of friends at Serve the City, don't you? Hannah. <laughs> From the youngest to the oldest kid, this is something they all love. Hannah expressed this too. Well, the first thing that comes to mind about why I volunteer is because I like being able to be around people that are there for the same reason as you. It's like they're there to make someone else know that they are loved and known that they are seen. And it's also, it just creates a community of friends. Like I know so many people around the world that I know if I needed something, if I needed a place to stay, their arms would be open to me and that we would be able to have a dinner and we'd sit together. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is the community and friends and family that you meet through it. But at the same time, you're also creating friends and family, but you're also showing love to someone else that may not have seen that love before in the past. In my daughter's eyes, everyone is equal. Serving as families with kids creates a larger family. And it is an inspiration for many in the community as well, as Paul Short and his son Jaden remind us. We were... Um weeding and cleaning up bushes and and vines and planting in our local main street here in small town Medford and the one of the council members came by and he just had been in the area I think he was somebody contacted him and said hey come on by serve the city is here and uh, I know for sure that he was overjoyed to see that minors, kids, children, and adults were partnering together to clean up, you know, their local neighborhood. It's not something we're used to seeing in America. Uh, some are surprised and some are like, oh, kids volunteering. Finally, they're getting off the video games. And then some, they're like, oh, kids volunteering. Something I've seen very often. And I think it is uh, encouraging. It's empowering. It is eye-opening for other adults to say, hey, those children are serving. Maybe I can get my family involved. In align with the, the, the value of humility, I think it puts a gentle pressure on adults saying, hmm, maybe, maybe my priorities are off. Maybe I need to rethink how I'm doing life. Michelle expressed some of the things she has learned from watching her kids serve. Patience and humility and joy and presence because sometimes we take things in our lives our commitments and our you know tasks to do on our list like I have this project I'm getting to it and we become task oriented and we forget to enjoy being in that moment so when I see my kids participating it reminds me just to be there 
And there's that word again, humility. We haven't focused on it very directly in this episode, but it's been everywhere. And that's because humility is one of the main things we tall people can learn from watching kids or small people serve. I think that humility and serving as a, a as elements that go together just innately um, take us out of our ego because serving someone isn't about us and watching our kids enjoy that process is a reminder that as adults, we're not the center of everyone else's universe. And really we're just part of this great collective and it's humbling and it just reminds us to be in this moment with other humans. I'm so grateful at this age, uh, they're not image conscious. They just care about helping and not what it looks like and how they come across the people, but just being genuine and real and, and serving it with a smile. And I guess the payment being a smile in return. Here's what Jaden and Hannah Short think humility means. It has to do something with uh, humans and interacting, preferring of each other. And instead of being like, oh, I was in line first, I should get food first. You should be like, since you haven't had food in like days, uh, you can go first and I'll, I'll go into the back of the line. But I kind of think of it like as you putting your needs like before someone else and like humbling yourself and reminding yourself that other people have needs that may be not more important than yours but maybe more important at that moment and you need to remember to like focus on what they're talking about or what they need those short people know a thing or two about humility and that includes their parents paul and trisha yeah what does humility look like <clears throat> Sometimes I describe serve the city as kind of the David Goliath, you know, visual. You know, everybody wants to be the Goliath, right? Who who, who doesn't want to be the superstar, right? But I, what I love about serve the city is it comes in with this gentle spirit. It comes in with, you know, humility. We're not here to take charge. We're not here to take over. We're not here to say we have all the answers. We, we, you know, look at us. We're the superstars. You know, we clean up the dirt. We clean up the the poop. We clean up the weeds. We paint a wall. We play with people. We we sacrifice our dinner tonight so that a, a, somebody in the community can have a meal because they haven't had a hot meal all week. Um, you know, things like that is is how you teach humility rather than just tell humility. It's much easier to come alongside a child and say, this is how humility is shown. Um, This is what humility truly is. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Serving Stories. If this story inspired you, please share it with someone else to encourage them. And subscribe, rate, and comment so others can find it as well. I have been your host, Ani Deal. Serving Stories This Week was written and produced by Shannon Deal. Technical production and theme music by Parker Deal. Design by Jeremy Malingro. Special thanks to the core team of Serve the City South Jersey and Kim Belegian of Serve the City Detroit for introducing their kids to us. We will be back soon with more stories of humility from cities doing Serve the City in the United States and how small people doing small things together can make a big difference. Keep on serving and sharing your stories.